0: just realized that taking the piss out of somebody mm. is to deflate their penis. Yeah, man. I was aware of the phrase piss-proud, which means yeah, it false comes confidence. From that. And it means that you have a it's, boner because you have a full bladder, which is pressing against the, yeah. your, your boner maker button or whatever. They need to
1: take morning the piss Morning wood or
0: whatever. Yeah, and so they take the piss I'm out. Like,
1: That's not how boners work exactly. Well, I, don't I know it.
0: that I know that having to take a pee in the morning can cause a boner. I don't think they're very much related. Oh, so maybe it's some sort of early They're correlated, early but they're medicine. not caught.
1: Yeah, I think that's primitive thought. Like, they don't understand the body holistically, like I do. Yeah. That's why I'm always healing you. Um, I find
0: myself to be smarter than most Victorian era and earlier people. Not all of them, but but most of them. No,
1: man. This is something I argue with my son about. Because I'll tell him, like, oh, yeah, people used to believe this. He's like, those people are dumb. And I tell him, like, look... The only reason that we are smarter than them is because we can learn from what they thought. We're not smarter than they are. We just have the advantage of having lived after them. If we had lived before them...
0: No, no, no. It's because we've evolved in the last hundred years physically, as Darwin told us. Like, that's why I'm smarter than Darwin. Um, You want to start the podcast? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hello, and welcome to Every Damn Thing. It's a podcast where we rank everything. I'm Phil. And I'm Jake, and we're here to guide you through the list of everything. Each episode, we take items and tell you where they rank on the list of everything. The list can be viewed by going to everydamthing.net. You can find a link in the show notes.
0: So, we've known each other since we were born into the same upper crust Philadelphia household. One of our family has had a seat in the commodities exchange since it was opened. Once, while Phil and I were in the pit. If I recall correctly, we were trying to corner the market on FOJC. That's right and we'd also made an elaborate bet to bring two good men to ruin. Suddenly, the electronic ticker changed into a ranked list of everything. We watched it for several
1: hours. After memorizing the list, we discovered ourselves to have been taken from riches to rags. Affluence to penury. And we immediately clutched our chest in pain. Our journey into impoverishment, from affluence to penury, was so, so extreme that we forgot the list and weren't seen again until coming to America.
0: So we can now only access the list little bits at a time through an extremely scientific process that resembles shooting the shit. Through this process, podcasted for your entertainment
1: and edification, we will gradually uncover the list of every damn thing. The list currently has 76 items, with Dolly Parton at the top and QAnon at the bottom. Coffee and eggs are in the middle. That's right. Do you right. Ever have just coffee and eggs? I have done that on many occasions. Is there a dish you can eat where you put a hard
0: boiled egg into a cup of coffee? Some like Wall Street dickhead has put an egg in coffee and drank it straight.
1: You mean some brilliant mastermind, a genius, a kid? Named yeah, a, or some a, like a, hero. Oh, a biohacker. He's like, Oh, I've hacked breakfast. I cracked the code. Or some like navy seal type oh, guy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, you can have breakfast have when you heard, real guys
0: do it. Have you heard the term gravy seal? No. It's like a thing to call the guys that like look up to Navy Seals and want to be like them, but are just, like, just sort of neckbeardy guys. Gravy Seal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hey, listen, yeah. this is a special episode. It's not the standard format. It's a deep dive. It's essentially just going to be one segment. Uh, with no breaks where we're just going to talk about one thing
1: a death match
0: and this is a topic that was submitted to us by j man he's yeah. the same guy
1: that designed our logo and he wanted to hear about a particular film it's trading places yeah. but, but they probably already saw it on the title they did yeah it's, at, it stars yeah. dan
0: aykroyd and eddie
1: murphy and jamie lee curtis and jamie lee curtis yeah so trading places is a 1983 american film yeah for a while i thought oh maybe this movie was a remake because it has a very 1930s Vibe to it, yes, uh, which is something that like the director acknowledged. So, and the director was John Landis. So, it's kind of a got into some controversy a little bit later in his career after this movie because he made one of the segments of the Twilight Zone movie in which some people died, uh-huh. but he never face any real repercussions for that. Since you're bringing
0: that up now, uh, I learned an interesting thing recently about Trading Places. What's that? So I watched Trading Places yesterday. I hadn't oh. seen it in many years and I decided I would watch it again because I just wanted to make sure that I would be comfortable talking about it and I'm really glad I did because there's a lot of things that I'd forgotten about uh-huh. and it reminded me uh, really how
1: much I like the movie, but I'll come back to that. Anyways. Before the film started, was there a little disclaimer that said the film has outdated attitudes, language and cultural depictions to make cause offense today? I watched it on Amazon Prime and before the,
0: when it started it said rated 18 plus for Blackface, drug use, foul language, nudity, sexuality, and violence. They were very specific. Yeah, they were. And I had forgotten about that part of it until you reminded me of it when we decided we were going to rank this. But anyways, to go back to the Twilight Zone thing, Mm -hmm. while watching it on Amazon Prime on my computer, I was pausing every so often to if I wanted to take a note on something. Uh, And each time I paused it, trivia would appear. Like the Amazon Prime has trivia come up. And one of the things that it did was when um, Frank Oz appeared, he plays the guy that books them. He's a cop. You're talking about Yoda. You're talking about Miss Piggy, Frank Oz. No, I'm talking about Grover. (laughs) He's the one who's going through their possessions at at the police station. And uh, he's admitting them. And he plays the same role. I don't know if in the Blues Brothers, maybe in the Blues yeah. Brothers, right? And apparently, Frank Oz was a bit of a good luck charm, according to John yeah. Landis, and was in kind of all of his movies or many of his movies, but not in Twilight Zone. Oh, for real? And where there was bad luck, yeah.
1: Well, that's that's interesting to know. But anyway, so. To be real brief, my experience with this movie is it's one of the few VHS tapes that I owned. It was must have been recorded off HBO by a friend who had HBO or something because it wasn't mm-hmm. the, the store Home, box. box office. It's not TV. It's HBO, and so uh, we we would watch it over and over again until it basically was like and it was this, on like this movie's right in the sweet spot of video cassette. Yeah, like early I, I video cassette. Like... It was fairly popular yeah. when it came uh, out, but it was also, it had a long run on cable, and it was a home movie classic. And it was also an R-rated yeah. comedy, so, which is, like, something that they don't really make anymore. Like, I can't remember when the last R-rated comedies were. Maybe it was, like, when The Hangover had a brief run at R-rated comedies again. Maybe, yeah, I think maybe that
0: like, they still make them. I mean, what about Cockblockers? Was that R-rated? Yeah, but, like, even those... Even that's a couple years ago. And then. that's
1: kind of, like, it spins out of, like, Neighbors, and those, which, these are good movies, but they're not culturally as relevant as these big comedies were. I don't think when when, yeah. when like these movies were going off in their prime. And these are two big stars where it's like the hit, like Eddie Murphy really hits in it. Like he was in Beverly Hills Cop, which is basically he's the star of. But this is like yeah. him showing what he could bring to a movie. And you got to understand like Dan Aykroyd. I feel like this is huh? before Beverly Hills Cop. I think it's after the Beverly Hills Cop. Maybe it's after 40 hours, but before Beverly Hills Cop. But right in there, like yeah. early really in, close. Really early in his career. He he was on Saturday Night Live all the time. And then you have Dan Aykroyd who like, this guy was really my guy as a kid. I did not really do a lot of self-assessment, but like I might be a little on the old uh, the spectrum myself. Dan Aykroyd is autistic, and he's talking about it now. But oh, really? I didn't. When okay. he goes into the like fast talking like micro machine type stuff, like I always got yeah. a kick out of it. I always loved it when he would be talking about some technical details or he was doing yeah. bassomatic as a scientist Live or something like that. So. Yeah, uh, he was a guy who I really liked and, and admired. And it was like when you watch Blues Brothers, he was the dude who I gravitated to. I would always focus on this guy when he was in it.
0: That's interesting. I mean, I, li- I always liked him, but he's always like the Usually, um, he's it's weird. I was just going to compare him to C-3PO, which is like appropriate for the Spectrum discussion. Oh, yeah.
1: But... I mean, also, uh, when I was watching Star Wars as a kid, like, R2-D2 was my guy, because he's okay. a kid, and most of my friends were older, and yeah. I wanted to be like them. I don't, Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's how I felt. I don't know. Misunderstood or something? That, that's Star Wars, though. That's for another day. So, first of all, this is a movie set in Philadelphia. Is it the best movie set in Philadelphia? Oh, that's
0: a good question. Let me think. What movies are set in Philadelphia? Well, there's the Rocky, Rocky is... movies,
1: Silver Linings Playbook, Philadelphia, 12 Monkeys, every movie by M. Night, I think, is set in Philadelphia, and Brian De Palma's Blowout, which is fantastic. Okay. And is it the best the movie ones? where Dan Aykroyd becomes a pimp because Dr. Detroit had just come out? Which is like
0: two movies. Wait, Dan Aykroyd doesn't become a he, pimp Doesn't
1: he movie. do something where he no. helps her
0: run her they, business or something like that? No, he just shacks up with her briefly and then becomes her boyfriend essentially. Oh. I think after meeting him it's possible that she doesn't turn another trick at all there is one guy that shows up to her apartment she's like no i'm busy
1: looks like i should have seen this movie more recently i, I saw it within the last yeah. year i should have watched it last night now i stand collected man you stamp I mean, collected. collected yes so it's a timeless <laughs> script man it's an old premise it goes back to the prince and the Popper opened by mark Twain. Yeah. So wait, were these questions for the, um, the question about the Philadelphia just stuff movie? Just to think this about a... that it's a Philadelphia movie and okay. there's not a lot of Philadelphia okay. movies. There's enough that we can list them, you know, but... Okay, um, we're not trying to answer that no, question Not, right not just yet, no, no, no. So it's a basic concept about, it's like a rags to riches thing where he's like these two evil brothers who are rich guys, they have a plan that they can make one guy rich and one guy poor... By yeah. switching their circumstances, and they're really rich.
0: Like they're making one rich guy. Oh yeah.
1: There's another guy who's rich, but
0: not nearly as rich as them. He's but he's like, a prince.
1: Uh, he he's gonna be the like he's a hotshot trader at their firm.
0: Yeah, right? he lives in a townhouse though, and they live in a giant mansion. And so,
1: um, they try to do this, and and it works for a while. Eddie Murphy proves that he has what it takes, and he can um he he plays the guy who's poor, Billy Ray Valentine, and he literally goes from a beggar on the street to a security to a. Uh, and, he, and he kicks all his friends out of his, who are coming to visit yeah. him, out of his party. They weren't really his friends. Yeah, they were hangers-on. But that's yeah. kind of some of the controversial stuff in the movie. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get to that when we wrap it up. Okay, um, sure. So... It's kind of 1930s style in some ways. Like, a lot of the script oh, you could is, have yeah. seen like, in a movie that Frank Capra made or Preston Sturgis made or something like that.
0: Yeah. I was super impressed by how they set up everything in the movie. Yeah.
1: Just starting with the establishing
0: shots and, like, the stuff that they show over the credits, which is, like, I, I think, is, is are meat and produce and lettuce, are those commodities? Yeah, all those are coming. Over the credits, they're showing random shots from, like, like literally the market in, not the commodities market, not, like, the financial market, but the market where people buy you know meat and produce they show over the credits like regular philadelphia working class people like setting up their markets for the day and they intercut that with stuff of like you know high society
1: yeah living their life
0: yeah and then they also cut in the destitute in this case
1: mostly they're showing black people like living on the street or like being really poor so the way john landis said it was it's like a 1930s style comedy but with nudity and swearing in it which is like it's a cool idea. You think, oh, what if you yeah. can make a Frank Capra movie, but it's dirtier? But like, one of the reasons it get criticized, I think, was it has an amorality to it. Right. They're still, at the end, the way that they win, a spoiler alert, because we're going to get to it, but like, the way they win is they get rich. It's not like they append anything, or they, yeah, they make and society they a little cheating. more fair. They
0: just, like, not only are they cheating the public, but they're also cheating their rivals. Yeah. But they're getting rich in the same way that the bad guys would have planned to. Yeah. have gotten rich. Okay, yeah.
1: so again, I saw this movie before I saw any of those movies, like... I saw this movie before I read The Prince and the Popper. I didn't see The Marriage of Figaro. Yeah. You had- I hadn't seen Palm Beach Story or Sullivan's Travels. So thinking about that now, I realize, oh, that's something that like Sullivan's Travels has that over this movie. Oh, yeah. And maybe it's because in the 80s, people didn't want that kind of sincerity. Like things had to be bit removed you know you had to have someone like chevy chase you couldn't have like a sincere moral at the end of the movie because it would have come off as hokey and and you don't want to do it but i i kind of suffers in comparison with some of those older movies yeah
0: i haven't watched sullivan's travels or many of those movies lately but i do think that it deserves to be in the same discussion as those but you're right the moral is questionable and there's other like problematic things oh yeah i mean beside that in it
1: yeah so It was intended as a Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor comedy originally. That was like the original pitch. Yeah, I I bet there was a lot of. Movies because Stir Crazy was like the most popular comedy of all time at one point. Like yeah, it was, yeah. it was a massive hit. So I could imagine there's a lot of scripts walking around where it's a, a white guy and a black guy and their and their buddies. And also Forty Eight Hours had been popular too.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Forty Eight Hours was written for them. Although I can't see Gene Wilder playing the role that Nick Nolte did. You know, uh, yeah. Blazing Saddles was meant to be Richard Pryor. Yeah, Gene yeah. Wilder wasn't. It was meant to be Richard Pryor. So the thing, what I learned when I learned that it was originally written for them was that when Richard Pryor backed out, Eddie Murphy came in. And I think that Gene Walder was still meant to play the white guy role, but Eddie Murphy didn't want him to because Eddie Murphy wanted to avoid being seen as a second rate Richard Pryor or oh, as like a yeah. guy trying to replace Richard Pryor. Also, their difference in age. And also-
1: Pryor is his, is one of his heroes. Like, it shows sure he's who,
0: he, kind of smart yeah. Eddie Murphy is. Yeah. He realized it probably wasn't really the right move that he didn't want to be taking, especially with Gene Wilder, who is like known to be doing roles with Richard Pryor. He didn't want, if he did that, then he would be seen as maybe something less than he was. Not a man in his own right.
1: Yeah. And Murphy is like, he really is hot going in this movie. Like Oh boy, yeah. They were talking about when they're filming this movie, there's crowds around him and whatnot, which is funny because... When he yeah. was cast, the director was like, I hadn't, hadn't heard of him. Wow, really? Like, well, he just... It it's, wasn't... It was weird. It was like, it happened really quick for this guy. You can
0: see why. Like, I watched a movie last night. Eddie Murphy is so funny and it. And it's the small stuff. It's not... I mean, he's great at delivering the lines yeah. as written, but like... Well, maybe not as this... written
1: because they said he changed a lot of the, the dialogue because he's like, yeah, a lot of it was like written by white guys for... this English guys that wrote it. Yeah. It's oh, the same guys who wrote for yeah. millions. So they were like, mm-hmm. half the pages had me con someone a jive turkey or something. And I was like, man, I don't even... Right. Don't, yeah. <laughs> that's not how I talk. I got to like rewrite this a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's maybe the there... best explanation anyone's ever given for how commodities future trading works. Yeah. There's a Planet
0: Money episode on it that I listened to that came out uh, five, six, seven years ago. That come, talks about it? That talks about it and does really well. Explaining it. I'll link to it in the show notes. I haven't listened to it since it came out, but it's really good. I still have trouble with understanding the stuff that's going on in the movie. Like when they sit him down and they explain to him commodities, uh-huh. which features an awesome camera take by Eddie Murphy, when they, the whole time, the two rich guys, the, the Dukes, yeah when they're talking to him, they talk to him, especially. Like as if he's them, a baby. As if he's a baby, yeah. And the most like patronizing, condescending way. One of them's worse than the other, but they're explaining to him what commodities are and they sit him in front of a table and that, you know, in front of him is a piece of bread some pork belly and excess says to him like, oh, this is pork belly, which is used to make bacon, which you might find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Yeah. And at that point, Eddie Murphy just looks at the camera, which is <laughs> so fucking sweet. Like, as if to say, like, this fucking dickhead.
1: <laughs> it, it really rules. There's some stuff about this movie. There's actual blackface in the movie. Like the one yes. that says, not well, traditional. is it actual blackface? Well, it's not traditional minstrel show stuff. It's like, right. but it is. It's in Jamaica face. It's kind of similar to like, Agent Brody did something like this where he was like trying to be Jamaican or or like, you know who does this is like, of course, they're not actually wearing blackface, but Tom Hanks' son does this where he has this kind of character he portrays in social media where he's speaking in. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. It's 2020. Here, here's here's the thing. So um, there's another blackface on a train scene in Silver Streak, which is the Gene Wilder Richard Pryor movie. Right. As, as a I have morning. a question and I, I, hopefully yeah. I'm not getting into hot water here. But
0: OK, so. In the movie Trading Places, yeah. Dan Aykroyd's character who is white uh, goes in blackface. So Dan Aykroyd's not doing blackface. I don't there's know, a, man. There's an imaginary character <laughs> yeah. in it who is pretending to... I like, understand. He's wearing blackface. So I, like, yeah. it's similar to Tropic Thunder in which... Yeah, Robert I understand. W. Junior you're, you're plays not, a guy who plays a black
1: guy, and, and it's also he's ne- he's not going on stage in a tuxedo. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's different. It's there's a nuance to the situation that that you're telling me. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and you know what? In both cases,
0: especially this case, they could have written it some other way that it didn't involve. Yeah, it seems like there were ways
1: face. to rewrite it. You know that like they could have just had him be, play some other character. He's like, well, yeah,
0: I mean, Dan Aykroyd had to disguise himself because he was would be more recognizable by the guy that they were. Everybody was trying to disguise themselves from. He yeah. had to oh, disguise, disguise himself more. Yeah. So Dan Aykroyd had to wear some sort of a mask. He definitely had to disguise his voice and his face, whereas oh. everybody else could just put on a costume and show their faces so, because again, the guy didn't know them. So
1: the guy who played Clarence Beaks, you might recognize him. He was the principal in Breakfast Club. He's the yeah. police chief in Die Hard. He's great. You know, I thought he yeah. was fantastic in it. Um, Uh, Something else, objection about the movie. This is from a time when like a snappy way to end a movie is to imply that the villain is raped which is what happens in this movie yeah we forgive it if the plot's not great it, it's a great movie and it you know yeah, it, it, it really it, is
0: know, we forgive him despite the problematic stuff and there are some stuff you really have to acknowledge there's a blackface which they could have done without
1: there's rapist comedy there's racist comedy no ra- rapist comedy i was saying oh rapist comedy uh, like there's gorilla and it's like yeah i know a gorilla rapes a guy and, um, and it's like so it's laughs i understand it's a gorilla but again it's just something that like you forget how frequently that kind of stuff took place in movies you know what i mean yeah, uh, yeah. the guy who um, plays it, the gorilla it, it, by the way is the same guy who played the gorilla in those ads there used to be these old ads where he would destroy luggage and they were right. like uh, that's the guy i want to play the gorilla it is
0: the right guy yeah there's also um it takes 30 minutes for it to happen but uh there's a few homophobic slurs said by eddie murphy in it which is you know for, Not necessarily, but, but for, Eddie for the Murphy
1: time at the time, that 40 minutes is like as long as if you watch his stand up specials, like he gets into that stuff in the first uh, five minutes. They could minutes. have done the joke in less of an offensive yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's the, the kind same stuff. joke. Okay, because it used to be I watch a movie from the 1930s and you'll be like, yeah, this is a great movie. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, something super racist happens. And you're like, yeah. wow. Like it it happens all the time, but it's like you kind of you're not really prepared for it always because it's like, you know, you're having fun, you're vibing. It's a good comedy. And all of a sudden, like they'll say some crazy stuff and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't really enjoy this. But this is a movie from 1983. So this is a movie from like I was alive when this movie came out, you know? Yeah. And so it's weird to think about how our attitudes have changed and how society has changed in that time. Um there's um, a guy who who just recently was a senator in the movie playing a baggage hand. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Al Franken, yeah. Yeah, I
0: didn't realize that was him uh, until this last time watching it. I didn't realize that he had a small role in and this. And if movie. you watch
1: The Mandalorian, there's a villain from that, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Who is in this? He's one of the guys in the cell with Eddie Murphy. Oh, really? Which guy? Well, there's three characters. Giancarlo Esposito is uncredited, and the two guys that talk are big black guy and even bigger black uh, guy. Even bigger black guy, yeah. 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 Uh, But he's a guy who's in a cell with him. It was like one of his early roles. And
0: the guy that plays the person um, who has the gorilla costume in the first place, not the guy that plays the actual gorilla, but the guy that plays the guy who has a gorilla costume, which is then stolen. Yeah, (laughs) is Jim Belushi.
1: Yeah, I I like that guy. Like. Honestly, I'm not a Jim Belushi fan by any stretch, but like yeah. I think that might be his best work. As a guy who just loves to wear a gorilla costume on New Year's yeah. Eve on he's train. He's excited
0: about having it stolen, too. Like, he wakes up after being knocked out and his gorilla costume is gone. And he goes to the party. Um, there's a party happening oh, at the because yeah. it's New Year's <laughs> Eve. Uh, and he's like, hey, guys, look what happened to me. Like, uh, this is great. Like, I'm naked now. You know, or like, I'm in my underwear. By the way, um, I forgot to mention at the, at the top of the episode, this episode's coming out the week of Christmas or during the holidays. And this is a special oh, holiday movie. movie because... This movie takes place Christmas and New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah, good point. During this time it's of year. It's like It's a Wonderful Life. It's a holiday movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's So, oh, the, One other sort of problematic thing about it is the only roles really for women um, uh, is a hooker with a heart of gold and then it's kind of it and then there's the girlfriend of Dan Aykroyd uh, who's
1: she is materialistic and drops the mis- materialistic
0: yeah. overly concerned about she doesn't want them to cause a scene but uh, the hooker of the heart of gold play by Jamie Lee Curtis in um, an early role for her
1: like she had just been in, in
0: horror movies before this like,
1: I imagine and she's right. fantastic in
0: it and she's funny she's so good she's super funny like not just because of the way she's dressed when she's on the screen it's hard to take your eyes off her because just of, of how much energy she, she has like, yeah. and you know bear in mind that she's on the screen with people like Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, who are also like
1: who I think is good, is the guy who plays the butler, uh, Denholm Elliott. He's wonderful, great. I don't yeah. know him in anything else. I don't like. I'm sure he was in other. He's stuff. He's in
0: like a lot of English stuff. He's great. That character is great because he's sort of the link between the wealthy and, and the not wealthy. You know, like yeah, sort of the upstairs downstairs things. Like he I, when he's told on the phone by one of the dukes that they want to play this game where they ruin um, Dan Aykroyd, he calls him a fucking scumbag. He doesn't call him to his face, but there's a point at which he's making baked Alaska or some sort of flambe dessert for Dan Aykroyd and his girlfriend. And then Dan Aykroyd decides he doesn't want it and says, like, you just eat it. And the guy, um, he throws it away and he's, like, disdainful. He doesn't like this rich guy thinking that he should just get his leftovers or whatever. But he loves, um, when Eddie Murphy takes over the house, he loves Eddie Murphy's party. He's partying. He's drinking drinks with people. So he's somebody that the viewer can sort of relate to.
1: Yeah. Uh, Who are you supposed to relate to the most when you watch this movie? I
0: think it depends, honestly. Like, I, I think they intended it to be where white guys relate, relate to Dan Aykroyd and black guys relate to Eddie Murphy. I relate to Eddie Murphy the most. Yeah. Maybe that might not be true because Dan Aykroyd,
1: even from he, the start, he's kind of alien. He's not
0: very relatable. Um, He, he becomes relatable as the movie progresses. Yeah, that's like, the
1: thing is he kind of, you kind of see him at in his natural element and you're like, oh, this he, he needs to be taught a lesson in some way. So you kind of, yeah. I, I feel like when you watch it, you think, Oh, like Eddie Murphy is a guy who deserves his success. Yeah. All it took was for him to be given this one opportunity. And now he, can, yeah. he proves that he can do the job as well as anybody. And meanwhile, this other guy has to kind of learn humility. Yeah, yeah, and you
0: have to watch him degenerate into like a
1: groaning, slobbering Santa Claus. Yeah. And in fact, that's probably my favorite sequence in the movie is when this is again kind of like, I don't even know if they would make this now. People say, like, you could never make this movie now. You don't need to because the movie's here, you know? Yeah. So there's a scene where he goes to the holiday party.
0: Also, you can't make Avengers Endgame in 1983,
1: so... Yeah, so there you have it. Um, He he has a plan that he's going to, like, do some... uh, I I think think he's going to, like, get revenge. So he goes to the Christmas party, and then he steals a salmon from there. While he's at the party, he goes to the
0: buffet, takes a whole salmon and stuffs it into his Santa Claus suit.
1: Oh yeah he's in this guy the Santa
0: Claus, Dan Ackroyd is. And then he's And like, then he gets hammered and he gets he attempts to frame uh, Eddie Murphy's character and he gets kicked out of the party. Yeah. And it's totally wasted.
1: Then he's like on the bus and, and he's trying to like pull the, the Santa beard hairs off of the salmon. That's my favorite part.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I recall that being your favorite part, and I forgot exactly how. It's like he's like he eats the salmon essentially through the beard and like, so, he, like he just shoves a giant salmon what do you call it steak or whatever the a whole salmon the essentially into his mouth Through the beard, though, so all the beard... And the beard's, like, been rained on, and it's... it's, Yeah, it's it's filthy, you know? And then
1: he goes... He gets off the bus, and he's, like... He's attempting suicide. He's going to shoot himself in the street because he's locked out of the place. But, like, the gun jams. And then it starts raining on him, and that's, like, the real low point in his life.
0: While this is happening, like, simultaneously, Uh. Eddie Murphy is having great success, but he's also becoming jaded. Like, he's becoming what Dan Aykroyd was. And it takes... So when Dan Aykroyd breaks in, after he's kicked out, he's like, that guy belongs in jail and they're like but wait but he's homeless you know and he has like maybe he's having like a difficult time and he's like no I know I know yeah. like people like that belong in jail and so but then immediately after that he learns uh, that these guys yeah, because he, he's in the game. bathroom
1: and he hears them having this conversation in which they're saying yeah. an extreme racial slur they, and that's when he realizes like oh these are bad guys They gave me this opportunity these yeah. guys who, who yeah, changed our yeah. lives that, they, they did it just for a bet for themselves
0: so it's a bet for one dollar amongst yeah. themselves essentially they ruined the life of one guy and raised another guy up out of poverty, but you know, as a way to test. And they plan to ruin him again. They
1: plan to plant drugs on him or whatever. They're gonna
0: Yep. So one of the brothers is at the very beginning of the movie he's starting talking about this theory essentially of nature versus nurture, whether or not a successful person is born into them or it has to do with their environment. Um and he's kind of like to my eyes, he's kind of presented... He he talks down less to... Oh, he's like the Democratic Party. He's like the Democratic Party. He is. And the other guy, like, they're extremely wealthy. It seems like they represent, like, wealthy people of both political yeah. stripes. Because he's saying, look, if you give somebody the right stuff, uh, you know, they if you put them in the right environment, they can... But we're not going to do it. A, we're only
1: going to do it for a bet, like, to win a dollar. Then we take it away. Just to amuse each other.
0: And it's like, you know, the way, I guess, politics has run for a long time. And society has run for a long time where it's like these people who are, like... Seem to be of different, like sort of outlooks and political stripes. When it comes they down to the it, same. And they're, they're still motivated like,
1: by class interests. And yeah,
0: exactly. Cooperate with each other to manipulate the lives of those below them, and to play those below them against each other. Classes against each other. Because even Dan Aykroyd's character, who is like of a class well above Eddie Murphy's character at the beginning of the movie, these two guys, the, the Mortimer and Yeah, the,
1: they're they're one percent. Yeah, yeah. Way
0: beyond any. Yeah, they're the one percent. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: like it's like when you think about, um you're like, oh, these. Um, basketball players get paid a lot of money and you're like well lebron james gets paid a certain amount of money but the guy who pays lebron james salary is you know like the rich guy and he plays the guy who is like he's making good money and he's he went to all the right schools he did all the right things uh and he's from a rich family and all that accurate is but it's tenuous yeah. it's more tenuous right it depends on yeah and, on and, him and it, fitting in and, and playing this role yeah and in
0: the bathroom scene the conversation that eddie murphy overhears the guy that seems like the good guy I mean, he's like saying, look, see, I proved to you that this can happen. And the, the guy that seems like the bad guy is like, yeah, but you're not going to let this N-word run our family business. And he's like, yeah, you're right. No. Yeah, we'll, we'll, know, we'll like, ruin him. It'll be out on his see, his true stripes really come out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you don't feel bad for them when they're put into ruin. No. Um, there's no sympathy no. at all because they're villains. Right. And... Um, yep. yeah, so the two the two guys meet up and they realize the truth, and they work with Jamie Lee Curtis and the butler to to trick. yeah, to use a trick that the, the bad guys were trying to quarter the market on frozen orange juice. and uh, they they have a way to kind of um, th- because they they give them bad information so that they're operating on bad information and then they're able to ruin them by getting them to buy super high. Yep. And they have to sell for almost nothing, so they lose all this money, and they're they're, they're totally ruined. And the characters yeah. don't show up; they show up in coming to America as like they're they're still living on the street years later. And then they don't show up again,
0: and those guys are probably both dead by yeah. now. Yeah, the end of the movie, the rich guys are totally poor, and the. Other two guys, the main characters, and their friends are, and they're all rich and they're on
1: an island together. They say, "Looking good, feeling good." There is a bit of wealth distribution, I suppose. Yeah, but it's right, like the much. structure hasn't changed, um, right? So you feel good about it because the yeah, people who true, you like yeah. have won. So, if like, like looking at it now, of course you're not gonna make a comedy called like you know Revolution, and or maybe you will. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, that's the extent of reversal that you're comfortable seeing. It's in some ways like there's a, some stuff from Marriage of Figaro in there where it's like servants becoming masters masters becoming servants you know that kind of thing um but right. you kind of wanted to be more like you could make a movie i mean it's, it's kind of like knives out in a way it's similar in some ways it's not structurally similar or anything but it like yeah it's it's about this reversal but i'd kind of like to see like if they could make a comedy like *Trading places now they couldn't make something like *Trading places but they could make some kind of socially minded comedy that I think could work really well. I don't really know how. What's it like, called
0: is like that, but it doesn't end well, really. What's what's it called? Sorry to Bother
1: You. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, Sorry to Bother You is kind of similar, isn't it? It is not it In a a yeah. Yeah, but it, it ends in a bonkers, totally bonkers way, but in, in a way yeah. that's like more, I think, ideologically satisfying, right? For me, yeah. like personally. Of course, when you want to see a movie, you, you want to see a guy getting raped by a gorilla. You don't necessarily want to. Yeah, sort of, I mean, it's all you really want to see.
0: Yeah. They're transporting a gorilla in the luggage compartment of a train... You got to not ask questions, man. They're transporting him from on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Eve, from Philadelphia to New York for him to get on a boat in New York. Like Philadelphia doesn't have a port, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's not really clear. Special circumstances. I really do like when he says, hey, guys, look what happened to me. <laughs> like, It's an unnecessary line. He, he, it's too, at uh, a costume but, party on a train. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of like yeah. that.
0: Before we finish this out, there's a few things regarding the film that I wanted to bring up. I realized while watching the movie last night, something I never put together before, that there's a an Ice Cube song, uh, Ghetto Bird. He references Trading Places. In the song Ghetto Bird, he says, I had to pull a strap on a fool named Louis Third, because I'm getting chased oh, by a ghetto bird. Louis Winthorpe. Do you think this is a favorite movie uh, of Ice Cubes? You know, I imagine. like Ice Cube is about our age, a little bit older. Um, and I, he's got to be a big Eddie Murphy fan I imagine I like for black whole... people in the 80s this was like a, a big deal movie and I feel like the movie did an okay job you it was know a I can't say
1: from, from my perspective too, Jake. I mean like it yeah was a yeah exactly movie. But, I don't, but the thing yeah. is I don't think yeah it he hit been. harder Eddie Murphy hit hard with white America but he hit even harder with black America presumably yeah and I think the movie doesn't Eddie Murphy's so young in this man he's like barely out of his teens when they, when he's making this movie it's a, it's crazy how yeah. young he started Eddie Murphy still is not, not old now you know what I mean like he's no. he's older but like it's crazy how young he started and how young he got big. Like he was a household name for forty years.
0: Yeah. Like, but by the way, when Ice Cube was referring to the Lewis the Third, that's Dan Aykroyd's character oh, in Trading Lewis Places. Lewis Winthrop the Third. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a song that I've known all the lyrics to for decades.
1: Is this is this the best performance by uh, Dan Aykroyd? Um, like the best movie he's the, in? Who? Oh, he's in Ghostbusters. It, it, yeah, but, like, I would say he's better in this than he is in Ghostbusters. I like him in Ghostbusters, yeah, he, but he doesn't... He has more of a central role in yeah. this. Like, he shares the spotlight less...
0: Well, I, yeah. A not, lot of times, lot as much less. as
1: I always liked him, he's a complementary figure, right? Yeah. In basketball, he's he's a specialist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He does certain things really well, but it, it's kind of hard to think about him as a star of a movie, which is why usually it yeah. would be him with Chevy Chase or him with someone else would be the romantic lead, right? Yeah, this is not a better
0: movie than Ghostbusters, but his his role in it, even though his character is less likable, you know, yeah. on purpose. I this this might be his best role because in Blues Brothers, which I think is a good movie, he's not um, yeah. his character.
1: There's not much to it. Talk much, you know, like yeah. there's not much to it. Yeah, he's and Johnny Miss Daisy, he, he plays like the racist son or something, or the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, there might be a serious movie that he's. He got in there, yeah, thinking, I don't know. About. So okay, what about? Uh, I know that he played FDR
0: in uh, I think Pearl Harbor. Is this the best Eddie Murphy? No, uh, well. I can't say that for sure. Let's see. Because I know that's the thing is I'd have to watch. Beverly Hills Cop um, 2 is quite good. Beverly Hills, Cop, Bill and Hill's and Cop and Beverly Hills Cop yeah. 2. I'd have to watch both of those again. Is it the best um, Jamie I, Lee Curtis movie? Maybe. True Lies is pretty good. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's her role that I, I think I like this role better than any role that I've seen her in. Like, I don't
1: watch horror movies. So so it's like, she, I don't, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I've seen a couple, but. Yeah, yeah, and she there's no way that she's as charming in Halloween as she is in this movie. Like she's, this movie's great and she's super good in this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, and really fun to watch. So I don't, I can't answer those questions, but those uh, just I mean stuff, the listener can stuff to think about before before we go to rank it. I'm ready to rank it
1: on the yeah. list if you are.
0: Uh yeah. So this'll be our first film on No, the list, no, last it? Starfighter is on here. Oh, you're right. So it's gonna go well above that. Yeah. And there's other sort of film adjacent things. Like, I mean, in many ways, when we're when we're ranking, um, Last Starfighter being number ranked at number sixty-three. Oh, which is Watchmen. The movie the is on there. this, and it's
1: a better movie than oh, that. Oh, you're right,
0: Watchmen too. Yeah, and it's it is a better movie than that. So Watchmen, the movie's at number fifty-nine. So uh, Cheech and Chong, for example, when we're ranking Cheech and Chong, for me, in a lot of ways, I'm just sort of ranking. Yeah. What's it called? Up in Smoke is is the biggest thing that plays a factor into ranking that. This movie's. Uh, I can't say I don't know is this movie better than Cheech and Chong I think so Yeah, yeah it is Cheech and Chong is at number 32. So, let's see. Next thing we have that's like a movie is watching TV series. Well, um, that's
1: it's it's much bigger. There's a lot more that's going on. It's more confusing. That's true. It, it, it teaches you a little more about real life. There's no blackface in it. In fact, there's actually white... Yeah, there might be depictions of blackface in it, but... Um, oh, yeah, but... Is it, there whiteface in and it? In a little there's more responsible way. Yeah, a guy pretends to, have to be white but on his mask. He, puts, he wears a mask, but then... Oh, yeah, uh, you're right.
0: Yeah, there's re- like reverse blackface in it. That's interesting. Um, so Watchmen the TV series is at number 29. Again,
1: I don't mean to say that um, one you can reverse that, you know, they're not. Yeah. But I would say, uh, I don't know. This is something that meant a lot to me uh, in the past. And I've recommended this movie to people who are like much younger than me. And yeah. and then like realized like, well, not that they listen to me anyway, but realized I probably shouldn't recommend it because there's a lot of there's stuff in it that... Maybe you don't really want to recommend it all the time, you know what I mean? But yeah, there is, but not too much. I mean, so the it's the beautifully stuff constructed, it- but there's some big flaws to it. Like, uh, on, but you know, what's weird is that the studio that there's a line that the studio wanted taken out of the movie because they thought it was racist, right? And the line was oh, really? okay. when Eddie Murphy says, "Who put their cools out on my Persian rug?" Yeah,
0: yeah. And the yeah. studio
1: was like, mm, "Could we like ADR that line and make it something different or something?" Which is funny because, like, wow, really? Yeah, because. There's other stuff in there that you think would be... It just shows you how...
0: Here's the thing, though. So, usually, the race stuff in there, like, for example, when they use the N-word... Yeah, yeah it's to show the, you that, these that guys is, are bad it's, guys. It's to show you these guys are terrible, yeah. yeah. And it's hard for me to say exactly. There are some, like, stereotypes. Like, a guy does say Jive Turkey, and, yeah, it, yeah. and the cool cigarettes are kind of a...
1: Yeah, but it's where they,
0: stereotypically black Of thing all the things do, the studio
1: uh, would be... So, it means, like, the studio had somebody who looked at the script... I was like, "Hey, yeah. I look at the script. Everything looks cool. There's one line that, like, you probably should change, and it's the stuff about cools. So that's a well, about like yeah, menthol cigarettes. Strange, that's yeah. a real negative stereotype. It's like, man, didn't you read the part about where they're on a train? And you know, uh, yeah. But in you know, so anyway, I, I, I'm ready to make this thing. So uh, okay, so yeah. we're close. I mean, the last thing you looked
0: it. at was. Was number 29, which is the Watchmen TV series. Uh, I'm getting a little bit stuck on that one. I, I just watched this movie last night. Yeah. I, I honestly think it holds up. It does have some problematic things. If it goes over um, Watchmen TV series, then where, what does it go under? So the next thing up that I think is comparable to it is way up. So Watchmen TV series is 29. Mm-hmm. Then at number 13 is the Three Stooges, which is a comedic
1: act. Um, this is a comedy movie. Uh, maybe uh, it would go above. Above three students, it meant Stooges? more to me as a kid. I didn't watch the Sto- three studios when I was a child. Um, and so would it go above Christmas trees? Let's put it. You know what? Let's put it under Let's three Let's Put Stooges. it a little bit further down. Yeah, because so does it deserve to be above? Um, enter to back that ass up. Uh, I think so because enter to back that ass up as great as it is is only a few seconds long. Yeah,
0: and but you know what? I think that it's not. Better than Christmas trees. All right, let's
1: put it in number 15.
0: Yeah. that's So, yeah, number 14, we have Christmas trees. Um, Number 15, under that, we now have Trading Places. I did it. And then after that is number 16, Intro to Back That Ass Up. So, wow, that was a long episode for one thing. That was a deep dive. So, uh, listener, let us know if you um, liked this format, although I don't think... Oh, who knows? Maybe we'll do it more. but um,
1: Yeah, we'll find out. What do you think? Uh, now we have
0: 77 yeah. things on the list.
1: So thanks for listening wow. to uh, Every Damn Thing. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so
0: go to everydamthing.net for the updated list um, and our show notes, which is where we fact check ourselves. We get further info on the things we talked about. If you have something you'd like us to add to the list of everything,
1: uh, email it to us at list at everydamthing.net. That's right. We'd love to hear your suggestions for things to rank or comments or words of encouragement or discouragement. And again, the email address is list at net.
0: Yeah, and we're also on Twitter um, at EveryDamnTweets, and we're on Instagram at EveryDamnThingPod. You can suggest topics there as well. You can subscribe to the show wherever you got this episode. Our theme music is by Jade Puget. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and review it on anywhere
1: you see it. Please recommend it to a friend who would like it.
0: Uh, yeah, and we'll um, see you next week when you see us with your ears.